0: Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesch. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless. But at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. How we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast is Elaine Lovesack. While her work could be categorized within fashion and lifestyle, the core of what Elaine Joy does is about cultivating authentic relationships based on integrity, respect, and openness. A born and raised Calgarian, Elaine has always had an interest and love for style and fashion often disregarding trends and rules, but rather focusing on what she loves and loves to wear. With two boys and a hilarious husband of almost 12 years, Elaine believes in living a joy-filled life of intention and following your heart. Being a personal stylist and personal shopper was always in the back of her mind, but it took many different career paths until she felt like it was time. Her just-do-it-what's-the-worst-that-can-happen mindset propelled her to starting her first style-focused business, Apostle Boutique, which she has recently sold. Four years later, Elaine launched her styling business, and the success was immediate. Being featured in over six magazines, working on dozens of photo shoots and styling over 100 clients, Elaine feels so fortunate that she's been able to combine her values and passions into a career that helps men and women see themselves in a new, confident and powerful way. Being a lover of a good quote, this one from Maya Angelou is one that Elaine talks about often and she also has it on some of her packaging and written down at home. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Elaine is a busy mom of two boys and a small business owner right here in Calgary, Alberta. And when she works with her clients, she wants them to feel comfortable, like they're spending time with a friend. And that's exactly how I felt in my conversation with her. We talk about what is really meant by the term personal style, finding your personal style, styling tips and tricks, and how relationships are at the core of the work that Elaine does with her clients. Thank you so much for joining me today, (laughs) Elaine. Thanks
1: for asking me to be part of it.
0: Now, I always love to start learning more about people's stories. And that's where I'm going to start with you today. So what has been your journey that led you to the work that you're doing today as a personal stylist?
1: I think it, I can honestly think back to like being in junior high and thinking about like, I was so excited to pick my clothes and to go shopping and really start expressing myself through what I wore. Like I loved to be unique and to try different things and different styles. And really, instead of just tapping into what was trendy or what we were seeing out there, just like having fun and seeing what I loved and what I love to wear. And then that kind of transitioned all throughout the years. And then in my early 20s, I worked at a local boutique. Um, and that's really when things sort of started to click with me a little bit more the owner really kind of took me under her wing I learned a lot about customer service running a business style how to style other people and how to really make them feel great and help them find the pieces that they're looking for and even in my 20s like I would I quit that job thinking I wanted a more professional job and I'd go downtown and then I'd hate that and I'd quit and I'd go back to the boutique and then I'd be like oh no I need something else and so I kept going back to the boutique, and that's just where I guess kind of my heart or my passion always lied, and that's where I was happy. I loved that job, and I started my first business in 2015 after I had my kids, and that kind of helped me tap into the styling side. It was an online jewelry boutique, um, and I loved it. and What I really loved the most though was when I worked one-on-one with my clients and I would have brides or mothers of the brides or executives or just everyday women that wanted help kind of polishing off an outfit. So I would meet with them one-on-one. I'd take my whole jewelry case with me and I would help them kind of complete it. And so in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do this. I always wanted to be a personal shopper. It was something I did naturally with friends and family. If they were looking for something, they'd be like, hey, can you help? And I would be like, absolutely, this is fun. So then come, I think it was 2018, it was right before everything kind of shut down. It was in the November before. And I was like, now's the time. Like, I'm ready. I feel like I have the time down with like my kids being at school. And I just did it. I was like... What have I got to lose? I can always have like, what's the worst that can happen mentality. And things just really kind of took off. Even through shutdown, I was doing Zoom sessions with clients and stuff and just making it work that way. And so that's sort of how it all led into that. It was always a part of the loose plan. I just didn't know how or when or any of those kinds of things, but it all just happened. I just decided now's my
0: time. This is going to, this is going to work. It's so fun to look back, isn't it? And kind of see how those pieces and experiences and things and people that are a part of our journey lead us to where we are today. Oh, totally. And it's one of those things that it's like you don't obviously realize at the time that
1: like, okay, well, these are the steps that are leading me to this spot. But there are so many people that helped get me here. But It's just looking back, I'm like, I feel like the best businesses and the happiest people come from doing what you already naturally do, what you already love to do. And then you just (laughs) make that a job. I don't know if that's a thing, but I feel like it's a thing. Like, if you're already doing it and you already love it, you should just do it, make it a job. People are going to tap into that and they're going to appreciate it too. So,
0: yeah. I think when you can find that connection between doing what you love and what you're good at and turning it into a job, that's just a perfect combination. Totally. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) I agree. Now, some people might think of personal style just as simply being the clothes that you wear, but uh, what does personal style mean to you? I find
1: style is so much more than what you wear. Like, If I take two clients and I put them in the exact same outfit they're gonna look so different not just because of their bodies but that plays into it but it's how they stand how they move how they hold themselves and kind of even how they polish off an outfit like does that one woman tuck in her shirt does this one wear jewelry did like all of those things kind of play a part and it's all kind of leads back to I think like your life experiences like I feel like the way you were raised or who raised you and what their style was, that kind of plays a role in it, whether you liked it or not. If, if you're like, oh, that she was terrible, you're going to kind of go the other way or your travels or your cultural experiences it all plays in. Like if you think about somebody who's really well traveled <laughs> and has like gone to all these other places, you can kind of tell, like they kind of bring that in often I find with like the jewelry or just things that they wear. Our experiences all kind of play a role in that, but also the way that we feel plays a role in the things that we choose, the way we feel about ourselves, our moods of the day, and all of those things. Um, It all reflects in the things that we wear and what our personal style is, how we do our hair, how we do our makeup. All of those things play into it.
0: So many different pieces. Absolutely. And I love how you talked about um, that experience piece and how even that plays into uh, the style that we ultimately develop. Now a common problem that I have experienced is um, with the clothing piece of personal style is I'll look at the clothes in my closet Mm -hmm. and think I've got nothing to wear (laughs) and I know (laughs) I'm not um, sometimes alone in this struggle so what would be some of the most common questions that you get asked or the common challenges that people experience when it comes to their personal style?
1: Yeah. So that, I hear that all the time. Like you walk into a closet and you're just, you're like, ugh, I don't like it. And I think that probably comes into play because we don't have the understanding about what our style is. When I work with clients, we talk about, you know, what is your style? What do you love to wear? And why. But then it also comes into like, what's your lifestyle? So we need to find that connection point between like lifestyle and your personal style. Because I mean, I love sequins, but I'm not going to wear like a sequin top to school pickup. So maybe I can get that for a special occasion, but to fill my closet with it doesn't make sense. Um, so we need to find that connection point. And that kind of comes into play when we talk about like your body. So when I work with clients, I always get them to create a Pinterest board or to send me photos of outfits that they like. And then we can talk about how to make that work for them. Because I can look at an outfit on a celebrity and then I go try it on like, no way, like not a chance. But there's a way to make it work for my body that in a way works for their body in their own way, if that makes sense. So It's kind of learning and understanding what works for your body, what works for your lifestyle and the pieces that you love and finding that connection point. And then another thing people are like, I hear, hear all the time that they want like this polished elevated style. And so we talk about how to do that as well, because there's different ways to make things work. Like again, I can give you an outfit and you can throw it on, but just with a couple little tweaks we make it work better for your body, we make it work better for what you like, and just learning those little kind of tips and tricks. So it's just small things. But once you have that understanding about what you love, why you love it, why you love to wear it, and how it looks good on you, then you're going to end up with a closet that you're inspired by and you enjoy going in there. Instead of just buying like, I'm going to head to this store and buy things off the rack and I don't really love it, but I'm going to get it anyway because that's what's available.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then having sort of that know-how, then you can look at your closet probably a little bit differently and you can see the possibilities and maybe some things don't work anymore, but other things, maybe if you just thought about them in a new and a different way, they might work better. And I know one of the things that you're doing right now is a closet challenge. (laughs) Do you want to talk a little bit about that? (laughs) So the closet
1: challenge really came from that idea of I have nothing to wear. Like I hate (laughs) my clothes. So each week I send participants um, a new challenge to do, and it's a way for them to do their own kind of closet edit. So I do um, wardrobe edits with my clients. It's more condensed. We do it in an hour and a half or two hour time frame. But what the whole idea of both a wardrobe edit and the closet challenge is for you to go through each piece individually. You really look at it. You determine like, hey, does this even fit me? Like, do I even like it? Is it in good condition? Um, When I work with clients one-on-one, I find out like, where do you want to be after our time together? Like, what do you hope to get out of our time together? What are your kind of style goals? Like, where do you see your style being now? And where do you want it to be? And then when we go through their closet, it's like, hey, well, does this align with what you even want? And if it doesn't, it's something that can go because we want to be able to have clothes in our closet that we love and we love to wear. That doesn't mean you have to get rid of like your ratty sweatshirts because there's a time and a place for that. You should see some of my ratty sweatshirts. And like, I don't have all like super polished, elevated pieces. There's a time and a place for everything, but we still need to enjoy wearing it. And so we kind of go through everything. And that goes back to like our life experiences is something that's so interesting to me when I do wardrobe edits with clients and we go through each item every item like legit has a story. Every client will be like, Oh, well that one I got here, or I wear this one to this, or, Oh, this was a gift from whoever. And it's really interesting to hear all these stories connected to our clothes. And some clients are like, I don't wear that. I hate it, but I can't get rid of it. And it's like, fine. Like we're all allowed those sentimental pieces. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. So I want clients and everyone to have a closet that they enjoy so that you can walk into your closet and you're like, say you go in with your eyes closed, you can grab anything and know that you're going to like it and that it works for you. It works for your body. It works for your style goals, I guess. And just feel that excitement again about the things that you have.
0: I love how you're talking about the stories attached to the the clothing items that we have. It's so funny. It's so true. You go through and you think about the who gave it to you, the where you got it, and Mm -hmm. all those things. And I find when I'm trying to get my own children to edit the various items in their (laughs) closets, they have all the stories. and sentimental attachment to things about why they cannot possibly get rid of the Thousand rocks that they collected oh, yeah. at various places. Yes, it's <laughs> along true. their journey. Yeah. and it's
1: yeah, it's so yeah. interesting too. But I do often have other clients or people. Always, we always have those pieces that are like, eh. and if it's an, eh, it should go, right? Like, yeah. there's no room for meh pieces. I call it. <laughs> and, um, when I started this business, I had this really kind of ridiculous example but it's like okay think of your closet as a party and all the clothes in your closet are your friends like but this is an exclusive party that only your best friends are invited only those that like actually make you feel good that you enjoy being around like there's no b-listers we don't want the b-listers that like maybe they come in and like stir up a little drama or they're boring or whatever we don't want b-listers so we only want the a-listers because there's no room in our lives or in our closets for the B-listers. We only want those that actually like really make us feel good and that we like and that we like to be around. So that's sort of another way of putting it. And when I tell clients that, they're like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love that analogy. Analogies are so good at illustrating ideas and sort of getting that message across and they they really hit home. That one definitely does. Yeah. So you've talked a little bit about some of the different services that you offer in your business. So Mm. the wardrobe edits um, and you also do the personal shopping as well as your style translated workshops. So Mm. what are some of the other key concepts and strategies that maybe you haven't chatted about yet that you teach people when you work with them in those capacities?
1: The biggest one is probably like the body shape thing. And I know for kind of our generation, probably like a little bit older and younger, we all grew up reading the magazines that are like, oh, what body shape are you? Are you a square? Are you a circle? Are you a pear? And so that's kind of ingrained in our minds. And I often get clients that are like, oh, I'm a pear shape. So blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, (laughs) you're not. Let's just get out of that mindset. And once we kind of um get out of that mindset, we're able to look at our bodies as a whole and we can look at, okay, you don't have to, in my opinion, we're never going to love every part of our body. There's always going to be pieces or areas that we're like, I don't really want to showcase that. And so once I can talk to clients about how you can, you know, distract from one area and the little tips and tricks and styles and details that you can look at to distract away from that area and how to highlight the areas that you do like and get out of that body shape mindset. That is another kind of like big awakening moment. Um, another kind of concept that we talk about are just like how to create vertical lines because everybody wants to look taller and slimmer. <laughs> so like the magic of a vertical line, the magic of like tucking in your shirt and how you can make it work for you. but also what it does for your body. And I often will take um, pictures of clients with their shirt untucked and then their shirt tucked and I show them and they're like, oh, like that actually does look better. And I'm like, I know. So, (laughs) So it's just little kind of tips and tricks. I don't think it's rocket science, but once clients can understand and once they learn, then that opens up a whole new door for them. And that's why I love what I do, because when they have that moment where they're seeing themselves differently, without really doing anything differently, like, this isn't a diet, I'm not telling you to exercise more. It's not any of that. It's just how you get dressed, how you present yourself. And when they see themselves in a new way, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that works. Like, that makes sense. I can do this on my own. And that's kind of the big like best part of this all for me. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, coaching them and setting people up with the tools and strategies to increase their confidence, to right. move forward and, and look at their clothes and how they're dressing themselves in a whole new way is very, very good. Totally. I love that a lot.
1: And it goes back to the whole, like, I think that the this phrase sounds vain, but I know that there's so much truth to it, is that when you look good, you feel good. And that doesn't mean you always have to be totally done up. Looking good for you could be different than looking good for me. And for another woman, it can be like totally natural, like no, no makeup, no hair. And that's totally fine. So as long as she thinks that she looks good, when she looks in the mirror, she's going to feel good. And I believe when you feel good, like you can really do anything And that all kind of hit home to me after I had my second son, Dylan, and I had postpartum. And I I wasn't happy. And it was a struggle for a while. (laughs) But there came a day where I was like, okay, I'm in it. But I still need to put in effort. Like, I can't be schlumpy anymore. Because I feel like when, when you look schlumpy and you look in the mirror, you feel schlumpy. And it just all affects everything. So once I kind of started to, like, put in effort, not that that got me out of my depression, but it helped. And it helped me feel a little bit better. And so I I know that that whole phrase is so true because I've been there, I've experienced it, and I know the impact that it can have. So, yeah.
0: Well, and I imagine you work with probably a lot of moms. Right. Yeah. Because I, I know... I mean, as moms, we get so busy with our kids and um, I uh, once, well, not just once, but I told my, I actually said the words to my children that moms come last, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which in some cases it can happen, oh, right? Yeah. And when yeah. you're, especially as a new mom sorting through things and with babies and toddlers, it's so overwhelming. And you're right, taking those steps to do those Things for yourself, even if they're small. Yeah. Um. Maybe as you said, it doesn't solve the problem, but it takes you in a step in that positive direction because yeah. you're doing something for you, right. That really can make you feel even just that little bit better. Totally. And it's
1: it's not just always solving the problem, but it's helping your energy, it's helping your yeah. mindset, and that is like the small steps. So the problem might not go away immediately. But as long as you can kind of help yourself in the way you're feeling, then that can really um, take you far. And being a mom, yeah, you're last. But also for new moms, and like, we know this, we've experienced it, I see it with my clients, is you not only have like lifestyle change, but you have body change. And so then it's super overwhelming, and it can really take a toll. And when you don't have the time to adjust your mindset or whatever. Um, You don't have time to adjust your wardrobe. You don't have all of those tools to adjust to your new style, your new lifestyle, your new body. It's hard. And so it just, I have a lot of clients that reach out that they're like, I don't know what to do now. And I'm ready to do something for myself. And so it's sort of that connection point of like being ready, because I find as a mom, you kind of lose yourself a little bit because you throw yourself into your kids um, and you put yourself on the back burner so they're ready to take that step forward into regaining their sense of self, but also that desire to be like, okay, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> what do I do with these hips or <laughs> the stomach or these saggy boobs or whatever? And so then it's it's a lot of fun to work with clients too that are in that
0: mindset because I've been there so yeah yeah and it's a tough it's a tough place to be and I'll tell you with the day when I infamously said those words out loud to my children we were in Salt Lake City Utah it was very hot we were waiting for a table to sit down they had brought us water uh but just three glasses so I said to the kids you guys have it mom's come last I can wait right I literally ended up passing out (laughs) And not even being able to eat dinner (laughs) and sort of ruining the night for everybody. And so the kids are like, moms should not come last. (laughs) Moms should come first. Good. Yeah. So we all learned something powerful that (laughs) day. Now you're kind of picked up on this idea and what you were talking about and just how relationships are such a big part of the work that you do with people. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I really feel that relationships are at the core of effective teaching and learning experiences in general. Mm -hmm. So how does your work with clients ultimately cultivate authentic relationships based on integrity, respect, and openness?
1: I hear regularly clients give me the feedback after that they feel like they're just with a friend, right? That they are just hanging out with a friend. And I, I love that because for one, as like a personal shopper or stylist, I found that, and this is another reason why I kind of started this, was that the whole stigma behind personal shoppers was it's very unrelatable and it's unapproachable and it's not realistic. And so I was like, no, this isn't just something that's for people with a lot of money. It's not just for people that want like that very high end kind of celebrity, I guess, fashion. I want to make this approachable and relatable and wearable and make it for like the everyday person. So I love when people tell me like, I just felt like I was with a friend. I'm like, well, good, because it's supposed to be fun. And I think also growing up with the show and not to wear, people think I'm going to be like Stacey London and kind of tear them to shreds and give them this whole big humbling moment. But that's not what it's about. Like, I'm not there to kind of take you down a notch. I'm here to Build you up to help you understand a little bit more and to teach you and to take you, oh boy, to where you want to go. So it's great that I can just have that relatability with my clients. And I think that starts from the very first time that they reach out to me, whether it's on social media or by email. And the honesty and the transparency is there. And I really like to be me, I guess. And I'm not the most classy, polished <laughs> woman out there. Like, I like to have fun. We like to joke around. It's, I really do feel like life should be happy and joyful. And I feel like that's something that I am. Like, I, I really feel like I'm a, happy-go-lucky kind of person my husband's super laid-back and going, and I like to bring that into everything that I do as well so we really need to build with my clients the same kind of relationship that I build with my friends and with my peers is something that's like authentic I don't try to be something I'm not um it's intentional I really try to bring intention into everything that I do and that includes the things that I wear and i teach clients about that as well. Um and just that kind of respect, I respect you, you respect me, we're going to talk to each other kindly. <laughs> if if you don't, I'm going to tell you <laughs> and we'll start again. But yeah, it's really super relational because I know for clients to be open to me coming to their closet, that's a big thing. Some people even like a friend of mine, she was one of my first clients and she's like I'm really nervous about this. And I was like, "Why?" she's like I don't want you to like come in and judge I'm like I'm not gonna judge you come on like and it was super it was fun we had a great time but I understand it's an intimate thing and it can be scary to have someone come into your home but then come into your closet like who goes into your closet very few people so it's um I understand the discomfort that can come with that so I really want it to be a comfortable thing and it's just I want to make it fun for everyone And if it's not, then you're not going to get anything out of it, I find. So, yeah.
0: There's definitely a vulnerability aspect in saying, I would like you to come in and help me learn something and understand something. And I'm I'm looking for this help. There's that vulnerability in asking. So that's wonderful that you create that. Relationship piece and that uh, level of comfort with your clients so that they can take those steps and grow and learn with you. Yeah, that's so great.
1: And hopefully, everyone feels that. I mean, there's so many different personalities out there, and even though I offer the same types of services, every client makes it so unique and so different, which is super interesting and it makes it really fun. So, it's kind of learning about different people as well and how to engage and how to teach and how to work with you in a way that's effective for them because not the the same things don't work for everybody so
0: yeah yeah it's fun you can have the exact same kind of five steps of your process but it's going to look so different with one person versus another versus another right yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Now, you are such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to personal style, and I was wondering if you might share like one or two of your top tips when it comes to personal style or just having a closet full of clothes that you actually love to wear. So I
1: think when I work with clients, the first thing they do is I have a getting to know you questionnaire, and... That's just a series of questions that helps both myself and the client get on the same page with like where they're at and where they want to go. And I do this in my workshops as well. And one thing is I get everyone to give me like three words to describe their current style. Like where, how would you describe your style now? And the words that I get are sometimes very funny. Um, But then I also get them to give me three words of where they want their style to be. So if anyone can do this at home, like, what are your three words to describe the way you dress now? How, what's your style like? Well, where do you want that to be? And then when you're going forward, whether you're editing your own closet, whether you're doing the closet challenge or you're going shopping, if you can remember those words and you can look at each item and be like, okay, hey, which style does this represent? Like, does this represent old me or does this represent the me that I want to be? Like. And if you can use that kind of as your guiding line, those are your style goals, those three words that you want to use to describe yourself or that you want others to use to describe you. If that's your guiding point, if that's your goal, just use that, hone in on it, and go with it. And those words can be applied to any kind of outfit that you have. So whether you're working in an office and you need to be more professional or business casual or formal or casually, you can still associate any word that you come up with to those outfits.
0: So one of the things that I've noticed on your social media is that you're often showcasing Canadian fashion brands and local boutiques. Mm -hmm. And so why is showcasing and shopping Canadian and local brands and businesses important to you?
1: There are so many reasons why I love and really do try to support and feature and showcase local like for one I owned my own local small business and so I kind of have that insight of what it takes to run a business the difference that it makes when people support me um the difference that it makes to my family but then also working at that boutique in my 20s I I saw that side of it too and I really do believe that small businesses do everything better. Like. From customer service to the care that they have for their staff and for their clients and for one another, the pride and the passion that they have for what they do. And it's like none of that can be matched. Um, I also have worked in retail at the mall. So I've kind of seen both sides of things. And I know that the small business, local business side of things is so much better. And even just the quality of the clothing and the variety of styles that they offer is different. Like I don't want to shop big box stores because I don't want to own the same thing as millions of other people. So I I appreciate the quality. I appreciate the service. I appreciate the variety and the unique options that are there. Um, It's just, it's all so much better. And then there is the idea and the concept of keeping the money in your own economy because it not only supports the individual staff member that works there or the boutique owner or the designer that is there, but it supports their families. But it also supports their communities, which then supports your city and your country. And it's just kind of keeping it there. I feel like these big box international businesses and stores, they don't need more. They they just don't. <laughs> so they're getting enough. I want to support small as much as possible. Again, there is a time and a place. Even Amazon, I'm like, "Well, I can't boycott Amazon because they're still employing people that live here. They're still supporting families. There's a place for everything, but as much as much as possible, I like to keep it local. I like it to keep it Canadian as well." So,
0: yeah. yeah. And there sure are some amazing small businesses and small business owners with incredible stories, right. and um, it's been great to learn about a lot of those through the work that you do. I've <laughs> I've really enjoyed that. Now, giving back is has been a foundational cornerstone of your business, mm-hmm. and I curious, what have you learned through giving back? And what do you hope that others might learn as well through your giving back initiatives?
1: Yeah, with so when I started Apostle, the online jewelry boutique, from the get go, like one of the first things that I built into that business was a portion of every purchase is going to go to support a different charity organization. And I had people that were like, you shouldn't do that yet. Like, As a new startup, that takes money away from the business. But I was like, well, it's kind of why I'm doing the business as well, though. Like, it's just important to me. And it's just, it's how I was raised. It was instilled in me as a young kid. And the importance of it never left my mind or my heart. So I do fully believe in giving back. The hardest thing I have found is that there are so many needs. And there are so many organizations that, how do you pick just one to support? So for Apostle, I was like, okay, every four to five months, I'm going to choose a different organization <laughs> to work with, and so I'm going to not only donate a portion of every purchase, but I'm going to help raise awareness. I'm going to try to get people engaged and interested in what this organization is doing because I understand that not everybody, for one, has the passion maybe to be the hands and the feet in these organizations helping out that way. They don't have the know-how or the capabilities to do it, but the cause can still be important to you. So I really do find and I believe that if we can all just give a little, whether it's our time, it's our finances, whatever, if we can all give a little, then it just, it can compound and make such a difference. And um, now I just donate clothes to different organizations that help women entering the workforce or women that maybe don't have the finances to buy their own clothes. And that helps because again, it goes back to the look good, feel good mindset. And if I can help women look good, feel good, then that makes a difference because it just, it just carries on for so long. It doesn't just stop at them getting dressed. It carries on to how they carry themselves throughout the day. It goes to how they treat others around them, their family members, one another. All of these things, it just it never just stops at one thing. It just keeps going. And I think that that's so important. And I just see that ripple effect happening. And I just think that when we can, we should. And we all have the capability to do something.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes we can get intimidated by thinking we need to take these giant uh, steps or do these big things in order to support, but there's lots of small ways that we can support, and when we collectively do that, it makes such a big difference, and I love the example that you set um, through the giving back that you do as a part of your business and beyond as well, so I think that's such a good example. (laughs) And it creates a ripple unto itself as well, right? And to it's, inspire others to do the same, right? And I want my kids to have
1: that as well, and to know that this isn't just life for everybody. What the life we have isn't reality for everyone, and so trying to get them, like I don't know if this was maybe like the best choice, but last Christmas um, through our church, there's an organization that helps. Um, like it's an outreach for the homeless community. And I took my boys on, it was like a nighttime activity. And we took snack bags and worm gloves and socks and mittens. And we went downtown and we handed out these bags and it was a little scary. My kids were a little intimidated, but it was also really impactful where they're like, can we do this again? Like they, you just, when we're driving through downtown and you see, people on the streets, it seems scary. But then when you can join them and you engage with them, you see them differently. And I want my kids to know that there's more out there than what we have here in our house and in our community. And that they can do something. It's again, it's that small little thing, like giving a pair of socks and a pair of mitts and an apple and a bottle of water, like you can do that. Anyone can do that. And so, yeah, I think it's just important. And I hope That my kids feel that and sense that and carry it on with them as well.
0: Well, and the fact that they're wanting to do it again, I think speaks volumes. Right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I think that's so great. So good. Yeah. Now you in your business are a teacher. You're teaching people about fashion and elevating their style and how to look at their closet in a new and different way and and find the pieces that are gonna work for them. So but Uh, What would be a favorite teacher or learning experience that you have had? And why does that person or experience really stand out for you? Oh, man,
1: there are like everyone. We all teach each other, right? Like we're all inspired and learning from one another constantly. I guess when it comes, if I relate it just to the business, one of the most impactful people was um, the original owner of the boutique that I worked at. Um, back in my 20s, apple Clothing, it's still one of my favorite boutiques. Like I take clients there. I go there myself all the time. But um, Kat, <laughs> the owner, she was just so good in so many ways. And one example I can think of, and as let me tell you, as a 22-year-old, this drove me nuts. But if a client would walk in to the store and she wanted was looking for something and maybe we didn't have it hanging up anymore but if I was wearing it if I'd bought the item and say it was like fairly new Kat would make me sell it to the client (laughs) which I was like are you kidding me like this is fine but it taught me so much about customer service like she was incredible with the clients and yeah even though it drove me nuts, then it really instilled like this big lesson into me about exceptional customer service and providing excellence in customer care. And she was so good at that. And it was so relational, like you said. And that I think is why so many clients kept coming to the boutique. And that's why they keep going there is because that relational aspect is there. They know that they're important, they feel valued. And that's something that I've kind of carried. On with myself as well, but even apart from that, cat was so integral in teaching me about running a business, about like how much it takes to run a business. It's not just easy. People, I think, from what I show, they see me at the mall or at the stores a lot and think that that's all I do. But there's so much more to it on the back end and in that kind of like mental capacity, the relational capacity. And cat taught me a lot about what that all takes and how much heart it takes and how you can run a business with heart and with passion and with compassion, but also have a successful business.
0: She sounds like an incredible mentor, and I would have loved to have been in the booth oh, <laughs> when she was asking you to give up your outfit. <laughs> I know. That is it drove me nuts.
1: And it would be like sometimes someone would come in and look for something, and I'd go hide because I'm like, I don't want to sell this. This is mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, I really like this.
1: <laughs> but there was always something else that I could get. So it,
0: oh, good. it really wasn't a big
1: deal, but...
0: <laughs> Yeah, that is such a great story. Now you've had such an interesting journey um, that's taking you to where you are today. So when you look back at your journey so far, what is something that you are most proud of? I
1: think just the fact I could. I don't know if there's one specific thing, but I feel like just the fact that I started the business that I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I did it. (laughs) Like it took a lot of work. It wasn't just as easy as being like, I'm going to start, I'm going to do it. Okay. Here it is. But I know there, there's a lot of fear that comes with starting something and stepping out on your own. Um, there's a lot of what ifs, there's a lot of, but time's not right. There's all of those questions, but I wouldn't change anything. It's, it always works out. You can always adapt. You're always learning. There's never going to be a perfect time with anything. Anytime you're about to start something big or try something big, it's never the right time. There's never everything. The stars won't all align, but you can make them align. I feel like I feel like you can just make it work. If you have it in you, if you have that passion and that drive, you can make it all happen. And I I'm proud that I have started two businesses and that they've both been successful and with a lot of hard work, a lot of learning, a lot of tears, but also a lot of laughter and a lot of joy. It all just, I made it work. I learned as I went and I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's, it's important to me. It gave me joy. It continues to give me joy every day. So
0: I think that is something that I can say that I'm proud of. Just getting started can really be the hardest part for sure. Yeah. Yes. And you have done it. So congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Now I have some rapid fire questions for you. What is something that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn how to do?
1: There's a lot of things I want to learn, but some of these probably also entail a bit of natural skill. (laughs) like. I would love to be. There's a skill that I've always wished I had, and that was singing. I wish I was a good singer. I wish I was a really good dancer. <laughs> Neither of those things am I very skilled at. But one thing that I would love to learn is woodworking. I always have these ideas for like furniture, or I'll see like furniture in stores or whatever. And I'm like, I want that, but I don't want to pay that, so I want to make it. And then I come up with these great ideas. And I think it's going to be super easy. And then my husband brings me back to reality that we don't actually know how to do woodworking. Um, So I would actually really love to like learn how to build things. I don't know. It seems fun to just like cut and saw, stain. I don't know.
0: Never say never. I know. Perhaps a future business (laughs) brewing in the background. Yeah, maybe. What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? Greece has
1: always been a place that I've wanted to go. And I think just because, like, seeing pictures or seeing it in movies, it always looks so cool. Like, the white buildings on the hillside with the ocean there and the food and the people. It's always been something since I was a teenager. I'm like, I want to go to Greece. I mean, there's so much in this world to explore and so many incredible cultures. Like, I'd love to go to Turkey, but that's maybe Turkey, like, 15 years ago when a bunch of other people I know went and they loved it and maybe now it's not as safe. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I'd love to just experience different cultures, different landscapes, explore and kind of do all the things, but all in good time.
0: Lots of time, but Greece, definitely a great one to, to go and explore. (laughs) What is a book, podcast, movie, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? Oh, I wish I'm really bad at
1: remembering like names and titles. I just finished a book series. Oh, what is it called? The one, her first book is called The Break. And let me look it up because it was actually really good. People should read this. And then she wrote a second book. I kind of read them out of order though. And hold on, bear with me. Uh, Katharina Vermette. So she's just such a good storyteller, and her book, The Break, is the first, and then she has a second one that kind of follows up and carries along with the stories of
0: these women.
1: Oh, the second one's called The Strangers, and it's just, um, it's about this family of women and growing up with their, um, I guess, difficulties with addiction, with um. I don't wanna to give too much away in case somebody reads it, but it's it's really good. It's really eye-opening to how life is for some people. And um yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm big into I read every day before bed, and these books were really impactful, but also really good as well. She's Canadian too, so that helps.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I love a good series. So yeah. thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> If you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and why? Elvis, by far.
1: Um, So (laughs) even as a teenager, his music is fine. Like I like his music, but more Elvis, as an individual, has always been intriguing to me. And it's because of... His story of overcoming and how he really kind of how he started in this sort of like societal economic situation but then he just really kind of pushed through and even once he made it he continued to push through without compromising who he was without giving up who he was and sure there were struggles and all that kind of stuff but as I learned more about his story and how. It was kind of like, well, you can't you you can't be you. And he's like, well, watch me. I'm gonna do it. Anyways, that always really resonated with me and it speaks to me because I feel like we all just need to be us. There's that whole saying that like just be you, that person's already taken, or whatever it is. It's so true. Like we just need to be unrelenting in who we are and just go full force with who we believe we are, who we want to be. And what we want to do with our lives. And I feel like Elvis just really did that. And I love his story.
0: That would be a very interesting conversation. Wouldn't it? I'd maybe yeah. do it like
1: pre-addiction <laughs> and pre cornbread Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's okay. You can specify the time. Yeah, totally. It's all good. (laughs) Now, as we've discussed, uh, education truly plays such an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. So, how we work and live and play and explore. Do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that could empower or support people in their own teaching and learning journeys?
1: So, one thing I learned in just my own kind of entrepreneurship journey is that there really is always someone for everyone. And when we recognize that we don't need to change, to appeal to a certain audience, um, or that I don't need to be like this person or do that kind of stuff for people to like what I'm doing. There's so much freedom in that. I really do believe like do what you want to do and your people will find you. And, I think it's important to be inspired and to learn from others, whether they're in your industry or not, but to make it your own, you don't need to replicate what they're doing. Put your own spin on it. If you can look at someone and be like, oh, I love what they're doing, but I want to do it this way. And if you can put your own spin on it and you can just be you, do you, do it your way, there's going to be something for everyone. And, you know, like I can look at different stylists and be like, wow, they're like really out there. But they have an audience, like there is someone for everyone. And whether whatever it is that you're doing, there is going to be you're going to find your people, your people are going to find you. And you just really need to be true to who you are, because that's where you find your purpose. That's where you find your joy. And that's where you're going to find your people in your community as
0: well. That's such a great way to wrap up our conversation today, Elaine. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and words of wisdom with us. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you? The
1: best place would probably be Instagram. (laughs) So it's just at Elaine.Joy. I have the website ElaineJoy.com as well. I am on Pinterest, but not really super active on there. So those are probably the best two places. Instagram is where I share all the things with like my family, my kids, my work, all the things. People get a real good sense about what's going on here. So (laughs) it's a lot of fun to share that with the
0: community as well. I will make sure to link to uh, your account in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me, Elaine. It was really nice to connect with you today and to learn from you. Thanks, Deanna. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together.